This is episode 352 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are Feeling Isolated? If so, You're Not Alone, and Put Your Best Foot Forward. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. I truly believe that the key to preparedness, building an emergency fund, and getting out of debt is having multiple streams of income, and part of those streams of incomes are building micro-businesses. And so if you're interested, please come over to microbiz.biz or just hit the link in the show notes, and that will get you over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com information page on uh, on that ebook. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our articles for this podcast. It is the Friday podcast, so we do have uh, one article that is a current one and one from the archives. And uh, this one, this first one, comes to us from peakprosperity.com. Uh, it is one of the uh, topics that I believe is very relevant to preppers because a lot of the times preppers do feel very isolated um, because they might be the only one in their family who under you know understands the need to prep. Or they might be, uh, you know, it's just them and maybe their spouse, but the kids uh, don't, you know, don't uh, really accept it. And so there's not a lot of people where you can sit and talk to about preparedness. And, uh, you know, it starts to get pretty lonely sometimes where uh, you're only reading articles, maybe you're listening to podcasts, maybe you're watching uh, you know, you're watching YouTube videos, those types of things. And uh, so really the the only people that you're connecting with is online. And sometimes that might be the best that you have, right? And so it's important to have a good community of people that you can uh, connect with online. But uh, this speaks very much so to our community, I believe so. So let's go ahead and get into this one again from peakprosperity.com. And the title is Feeling Isolated? If so, you're not alone. Does anyone else in your life share your concerns for the future? Is there someone you talk with regularly about the unsustainability of our current economic and ecological trajectories? Do you have friends and or family members who support your efforts to develop a more resilient lifestyle? If you answer no to these questions, you're not an outlier. In fact, the number one most commonly reported complaint we hear from peak prosperity readers is that they feel alone and isolated When it comes to the warnings delivered in the crash course, and uh, there is a link here to the crash course. If you've never taken a look at it, that might be something interesting for you. The end of economic growth, declining net energy, accelerating resource depletion. These are massive existential threats to our way of life, to our species survival even. Most peak prosperity readers can't comprehend why everyone isn't obviously talking about these dangers. But very few people are. Truthfully, most don't want to, for a wide variety of reasons. So that leaves us, the conscientious, critical thinkers, alone by ourselves to worry and plan. Does this sound like you? If so, read on. Humans are biologically wired for social connection. 
Until just recently, historically speaking, humans typically existed in small tribal groups of 30 to 60 people where the degree of unity and cohesiveness of the group directly determined its odds of survival. Facing constant adversity from the weather, predators, other tribes, etc., every member of the group had a role and a duty to perform. We've delved into this topic deeply in the past, particularly in our podcast with Peabody award-winning author Sebastian Junger. In his book, Tribe, Junger observes how far modern life is from the conditions our distant ancestors evolved from. We are so disconnected from each other now that the lack of community is manifesting in alarming ways in today's society. Junger focuses on the challenges that soldiers, Peace Corps volunteers, war refugees, and others who have similarly banded together under adverse conditions, as our distant ancestors did, face when reintegrating into peaceful civilian life. Depression, addiction, and suicide are all too common responses as they struggle to find meaning in their daily lives, which now feel unfulfillingly superficial and lonesome compared to the realness and aliveness they had experienced before. Despite the often horrible conditions they were subject to, many guiltily admit to Junger that they preferred life under duress, facing threats like bullets, disease, or cancer. What does that reflect about quality of life in our current society? In the case of U.S. veterans, they're committing suicide at a rate of over 20 deaths per day, nearly one every hour, and they're dying of opioid drug overdoses at twice the rate of the civilian population. While there are many reasons behind this, Junger is convinced from his research that leaving the tribal closeness of the military and returning to an alienating and bitterly divided modern society is a root cause. This alienation and division isn't only being felt by veterans. In a world of digital devices and social media, our interaction with other humans is becomingly increasingly virtual. In the sprawl of suburbia, we live in densely packed cul-de-sacs, yet hardly know our next-door neighbors' names. The fact the fast-growing wealth gap is forcing the 99% to work harder just to make ends meet, leaving little time left in the week for socializing or family interaction. The U.S. is now experiencing an epidemic of loneliness, according to a study released by Cigna last month. Perhaps not surprisingly, given that their cohort is the first to grow up with smartphones in hand, those in Generation Z are the worst off. Quote, Generation Z is the loneliest generation survey reveals CNBC. Loneliness among Americans has reached epidemic levels, according to health service company Cigna's U.S. Loneliness Index released Tuesday. The index, which surveyed over 20,000 U.S. adults, found that nearly half of survey respondents reported sometimes or always feeling alone, 46%, or left out, 47%, and younger generations feel much lonelier than older ones. For Cigna's report, survey respondents were evaluated on their loneliness using the UCLA Loneliness Scale, a 20-item questionnaire that was developed to assess subjective feelings of loneliness and social isolation. Generation Z adults surveyed ages 18 to 22 are the loneliest, according to reports. More than half of Generation Zers identified with 10 of the 11 feelings associated with loneliness, 
according to the survey, including feeling like people around them are not really with them, 69%, feeling shy, 69%, and feeling like no one really knows them well, 68%. While we know that this is a group that is making life changes, these findings give us a surprising understanding of how this generation perceives themselves, Douglas Nemesek, MD, Chief Medical Officer of Behavioral Health at Cigna, tells CNBC, make it an, in an email. It's something that we need to explore to understand how we can address it, and that's what we're planning to do, end quote. If you're a parent to any Generation Zers, this photo really hits home. And uh, for those of you listening, of course, it, uh, it has a, a picture of uh, young people, you know, in their teens, maybe 18, 20. Uh, they're dressed up, and it says, best party ever, and they are all on their phones, all looking down at their phones. All right, continuing on. The, ramic- the ramifications of living life through the filter of social media are beginning to become clear. A recent study by Harvard Business Review confirms what most parents have long suspected. The more we use Facebook, the worse are reported physical health, mental health, and life satisfaction. Even top former executives from Facebook have gone public with their fears that it's ripping apart society by exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. It's little wonder why Generation Z feels so crummy. But it's not just the youth suffering. According to former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, at least 40% of all American adults report feeling lonely, with reported loneliness rates doubling since the 1980s. Quote, There is good reason to be concerned about social connection in our current world. Loneliness is a growing health epidemic. We live in the most technologically connected age in the history of civilization, yet rates of loneliness have doubled since the 1980s. Today, over 40% of adults in America report feeling lonely, and research suggests that the real number may well be higher. Additionally, the number of people who report having a close confidant in their lives has been declining over the past few decades. During my tenure as U.S. Surgeon General, I saw firsthand how loneliness affected people of all ages and socioeconomic backgrounds across the country. I met middle and high school students in urban and rural areas who turned to violence, drugs, and gangs to ease the pain of their loneliness. I sat with mothers and fathers who had lost sons and daughters to drug overdoses and were struggling to cope alone because of the unfortunate stigma surrounding addiction. And I met factory workers, doctors, small business owners, and teachers who described feeling alone in their work and on the verge of burnout. During my years caring for patients, the most common pathogen I saw was not heart disease or diabetes, it was loneliness, end quote. How concerned should we be about this loneliness epidemic? Very. Medical research shows a direct and pronounced link between social isolation and early mortality. Here's a scary set of statistics. Quote, living with air pollution increases your odds of dying early by 5%. Living with obesity, 20%. Excessive drinking, 30%. And living with loneliness, it increases our odds of dying early by 45%. End quote. In order to improve the situation, it's important that we understand what our loneliness is trying to tell us. Sadly, in our current society, loneliness comes with a lot of shame. That if we're not popular, if we're feeling apart from others, then something is wrong with us versus our culture. 
That leaves many of those feeling lonely to suffer in silence and to withdraw further, worsening the situation. As popular author and social scientist Brené Brown cautions, quote, We feel shame around being lonely, as if feeling lonely means there's something wrong with us, even when it's caused by grief, loss, or heartbreak. That isn't just sad, it's actually dangerous. We've evolved to react to the feeling of being pushed to the social perimeter by going into self-preservation mode. When we feel isolated, disconnected, and lonely, we try to protect ourselves. That means less empathy, more defensiveness, more numbing, and less sleeping. In this state, the brain ramps up the stories we tell ourselves about what's happening, narratives that often aren't true and exaggerate our worst fears and insecurities, end quote. This withdrawal away from the world is exactly what we don't need when we experience loneliness, warns University of Chicago neuroscientist John Cassiopo. His research supports Junger's claim that humans are hardwired for community, that our neural, hormonal, and genetic makeup support interdependence over independence. To Cassiopo, the feeling of loneliness is simply another way our body tells us we're becoming deficient in a critical nutrient, just as thirst and hunger do. In his mind, denying you feel lonely makes no more sense than denying you feel hunger. So when we feel lonely, we need to recognize that signal for what it is. And just as feeling hungry sends us shuffling off to the pantry, feeling lonely should motivate us to make an effort to engage directly with others. We need to fight past the things that tempt us to retreat inwards, such as our current culture's norms to shame and the false sense of connection relief that digital media offers. So how can the lonely find connection? Well, first it's important to understand that when it comes to social connection, quality of relationships matters more than quantity. As Susan Pinker details in her book, The Village Effect, You don't have to be a social butterfly to experience the benefits of connection. You just need a few relationships that actually matter. But they have to be face-to-face in the flesh interactions. Okay, so how does one go about creating these kind of face-to-face interactions? Glad you ask. Here are several resources that offer specific guidance for doing just that. 75 actions that build community. And these are all uh, bulleted um, resources here. Peak Prosperity's Community Building Wiki page, Success Factors for Developing a Sense of Community, and Chapters 10 and 11 of Emotional and Social Capital from our book, Prosper, How to Plan for the Future and Create a World Worth Inheriting. In addition to the above, Chris and I are continuing to do our best to create opportunities for the like-minded Peak Prosperity crowd to convene in person. Consider coming to our annual seminar in California next year or attending one of our one-day city summits. Our next one will be in New York City in September. Details to be announced on this website soon. Over the years, these gatherings have spawned many great friendships. And in the meantime, if you're feeling weighed down by loneliness or the angst of being the only one you know who gets it when it comes to the material we discuss on this website, we recommend considering seeking the guidance of a professional therapist who understands the peak prosperity mindset. We've seen it work wonders if you're having trouble finding one. Here's a therapist we refer people to. Full disclosure, she's my wife. Lastly, 
While not in the flesh, we've built a very special online community here at peakprosperity.com where truth seekers and action-oriented people from all over the world gather to exchange ideas and engage constructively with one another. If you're feeling isolated in your life, lean into this community, share your thoughts, reach out, we'll reach back. All right, guys. So uh, you see why you know this is very important to I, I believe and very relevant to the preparedness community because a lot of the times you know I have asked that question before. There's a poll uh, on Prepper website that I have asked. You know, who are you? Who are you prepping with? I mean, is it just you by yourself? And you know, is it you and your family, or or do you have a bigger group? And a lot of the times, um, it's either you know people that are, are prepping by themselves. And maybe their spouses, you know, kind of allows them to do that because it's a hobby. They see it as a hobby or, you know, as a fad or something along those lines. Or maybe the, the spouses and, you know, uh, goes along with it as well. But even at that, sometimes they both have differing ideas of what preparedness means. And so that can, you know, it can be kind of lonely out there. And so that's why it's important to have those connections. Now, in this, you know, in this article, they're talking about having face-to-face connections. And sometimes um, that is hard to do. I'm very lucky in the fact that my family believes in preparedness, my extended family. I mean, but my parents, I have church members that believe in in preparedness. And so, uh, you know, I think that's very important, too, to find a group, find a tribe that you you can belong to and along with those ideas that you know that you hold to you know uh, we recently read that article on uh, you know from Tim Gamble about people that you shouldn't include and one of those last ones was you know people that are differing beliefs from you so th- that always helps out so I'm very grateful that you know there's a lot of people in my life that are, that I can talk to about preparedness and and uh, you know talk about the things that are going on in the world and kind of bounce ideas off of and and different things like that but then I'm also very grateful for the online community that I have. Uh, you know, there was a time in my life, I'm going to jump way, way back, when I used to play online video games. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I think back about it and uh, I was like, man, I wasted a lot of time playing games. But there was a group of us that we started playing back in the day. And uh, I met up with these guys playing Medal of Honor Allied Assault. So some of you older guys, um, if you played online uh, games, you might have be you might be familiar with that game. So I'm going way way back. So uh, going back to Moha, and then we, as a group, we kind of moved from that to Counter Strike Source, and then from that we went to Call of Duty, and then uh, towards the end there we started playing uh, like Left 4 Dead and, and and those types of things. And one of the guys uh, was a very uh, you know, he was like self-taught in, in servers and all that kind of stuff. And, and so uh, he would uh, make his own server and, you know, we would we would uh, be able to, uh, you know, people would, would come and play on our server and, and we kind of controlled it and it was fun and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I played with these guys for many years. I mean, I think about it, it had to be probably uh, a good seven, around seven to ten years. And we knew each other very well. I mean, we talked on uh, online all the time while we were playing the games and we knew each other and you know and, and and all that kind of stuff but we had never met each other ever in real life and uh so i mean i i think back of, of those times and uh you know those were fun times you know it was good to be able to get online and we would talk and people who have never done that don't understand that 
if you have kids who who get on uh, video games and they're talking with their friends, I mean, it's kind of, you know, and maybe people that they have met from all over the world, um, you wouldn't understand that either because, you know, it's just, it's, it's that thing that you come around that one game that you're playing, right? But uh, we can do the same thing in preparedness uh, online. So if we don't have the face-to-face, and some of you are in places where it's very hard. I mean, I, uh, you know, coming from uh, uh, the church view, I mean, if you are in the Houston area and you are looking to, if you are a Christian and you are looking for that kind of community, man, I'm going to I'm gonna invite you to come over to my church because, I mean, that is, you know, we have a lot of people there that are very favorable to preparedness, right? Uh, in fact, the church, when I was taking that taking the church i mean they were looking me up online and they were they they realized that i had the website and all those kinds of things and that didn't turn them off right but if if you are in other places where you know you got to find a group where you can where you can kind of uh you know get along with and uh, you can you can come together but if you don't have that if you are in a place where you just cannot find people who are favorable to preparedness and that you can talk with then online is going to be the next best thing and that's why i appreciate uh, like the facebook group and then also the forum uh, the forum is there and so the forum is growing as people continue to purchase the ebook and they get access to the prepper website forums uh, you know that is always growing hopefully uh, as we move forward and as we progress that it is going to be one of those forces where people can really come to and uh, really get to know each other. And I don't know, uh, maybe, you know, in the past I have done get togethers here in Houston. Maybe I need to do a few more, few more of those, uh, and, uh, just kind of come, you know, bring people together you know, over a meal or whatever. Uh, we've done that before. It's just always hard to try to find one time that fits everybody's needs, but maybe I need to do that a little bit more often. Um, you know, even with my crazy schedule trying to do that, but, um, I believe this is very important, and I believe this is one of those things that uh, you, you should try to uh, make an effort to connect on a more meaningful level so uh, you don't feel these, uh, you know, feel isolated. You don't feel like you're completely alone, uh, like you feel like there are people that uh, understand where you're coming from, and you're, they're able to encourage you, and you're able to encourage them. I, I, I do believe this is a very important thing. And so uh, Adam, uh, when he was writing this article, really tapped into this. And so I uh, appreciate this article. Uh, like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. There are some links here that um, actually a lot of links that you might be interested in. Um, of course, all the sources, all the, you know, are, are quoted and you can link to them. And then the crash course, if you've never checked out the Peak Prosperities crash course, I think it's pretty interesting. And uh, I don't agree with the, you know, with some of the things towards the end um, but I do agree with most of what uh, what they what they talk about here and so um, anyway there you go and uh, we'll leave you with that don't forget to check out uh, the show notes for that link all right our next article comes to us from doomandbloom.net and so on Fridays I tried to pull an article from the archive and uh, (laughs) earlier this week I was talking about that movie uh, Jungle or the Jungle with Daniel Radcliffe and uh, you know two characters uh, had, you know they take off their 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 shoes and their socks and they have these feet that are just like torn up and uh, I was kind of thinking about that when I was uh, looking for this article here and so this is I think it's from like 2012 some you know pretty far back there but anyway I think it's a, a good article here that we are going to uh, go ahead and dive into and something that you always need to consider 
um, because we're always talking about bug out bags. We're always talking about all you know medical preparedness. We're talking about food and all this type of stuff. But if you're ever going to be in a situation where you're going to be more active for whatever that might be, whether you're bugging out, whether it is the poop has hit the fan and you are, you know, you are out there, uh, you need to have proper uh, foot attire because if not, you can damage your feet. And if your feet are damaged, then you're not going to be any good to anybody. So let's go ahead and jump into this one from doomandbloom.net. It's entitled, Put Your Best Foot Forward. We self-reliant types spend our days working on our weapons, food, bug-out bags, and my personal favorite, medical supplies. Granted, these are very important, but having all of these in place will do little good if you ignore two things. Your feet. Foot health is not just for the local bunion chiseler. It's a priority for a shot at survival for the long term. The military has known this for a long time, and they take foot care seriously. Think about it this way. You may be required to do some major running at a very short notice in a survival situation. Do you really want to do that running with those hiking boots you've never broken in? If you don't take care of your feet, your feet won't take care of you. Unless you're Cody Lundeen or Fred Flintstone, some major thought should be given to how to keep your dogs from howling in times of trouble. Therefore, it pays to take a class called Foot Care 101. If you pay attention, it's an easy A. And guys, for those of you who maybe are new to preparedness, Cody Lundeen is uh, one of the survivalists who uh, goes barefoot. Like he's like a minimalist, right? And uh, I believe he was, I believe the show is called Dual Survivor with uh, Dave Canterbury and uh, the original two guys, Dave Canterbury and uh, Cody Lundeen. And uh, that was a good show. I really liked watching that one. I don't like, uh, you know, when they were chase, changing the different guys or whatever. But anyway, uh, that's why he's talking about Cody Lundeen here. Um, your first lesson is taken from the book Common Sense for Dummies. Make sure your boots fit well. Many foot problems originate in poorly fitting shoes. There are lots of different brands of boots out there, and there is no time limit at the store for trying them on. This is probably the most important article of clothing that you'll own in a collapse situation, so spend the time to get the best fit. So, foot care. Must know items before you buy. Some things to know. Shoe size changes as you get older or after pregnancy or even during a particular day. Go to the store after a day of walking when your feet are a little larger than other times. Most of us have one foot that's larger than the other. Make sure you, your boots fit both feet, especially the larger one. Each part of your foot should be comfortable in your new boots. The ball of your foot should fit the widest part of the shoe without issue. There should be about a half inch or so from the end of your toes to the end of your shoes. The upper part of the shoe should be flexible enough to not cause discomfort on your instep. Your heel should not slip up and down when you walk. Soles should be thick, vibram, or other sturdy material. High-cut boots will help prevent ankle sprains by giving more support and will protect against the occasional snake bite. Don't buy shoes that are too tight and expect them to stretch. They might, but you'll go through a lot of discomfort to get them there. You might be used to buying shoes online, but you really should walk in a shoe first before making any purchase decisions. Your feet are shaped differently than the next guy's, so one brand of boot might be better for you than another might be better for him. Heavier boots like steel-toed are great if you're chopping wood. You get to keep all 10 of your toes but are heavy. Remember that an extra pound of weight in your boots 
is like five extra pounds of weight on your back. Getting soft, flexible uppers will help. In wet climates, waterproof materials like Gore-Tex are your friends. A special note, unless you can count Shoemaker as one of your survival skills, buy a spare pair or two now while they're still available and break them in. Another factor in keeping your feet healthy is your socks. Most people hike in the same pair of socks all day, even in the heat of summer. This is as damaging to your feet as it is to your nose. Sweaty feet are unhappy feet. Wetness increases friction and gives you blisters. Change your socks often and have replacement pairs as a standard item in your backpack. Consider the use of a lighter second pair of socks or a sock liners under the thicker hiking socks you use for additional protection. Use foot powders like Gold Bond or even cornstarch to keep your feet drier. Think about getting some insoles. Who wouldn't want more support and comfort? Dr. Scholes is a nice guy and he just wants to help. Blisters are perhaps the most common foot ailment. Excessive friction to an area on your foot will cause a blister to form. Usually, this is from failing foot care 101. In other words, choosing poorly fitting shoes, not having enough socks, and allowing your feet to become sweaty and wet. I know that our readership is comprised of rugged individualists. No pain, no gain, and all that. It's just a blister, you might tell me. Well, blisters need time to heal, and continued friction on the area will only continue to do damage and increase the risk of infection. An infected blister is a major issue and will become more swollen, painful, and red over the course of time. You might even develop pus in it and have it become an ulcer, essentially a pressure sore. So, what should you do? First, clean the area thoroughly with an antiseptic like betadine. The cleaner you start off, the less likelihood of infection. Should you lance the blister? If it's small, the answer is no. If it's big, put a needle under the fire until it's red hot, then pierce the side of the blister and allow the fluid to drain. The skin overlying the blister will serve as a protective covering for the raw skin underneath. Cover the area with padding, leaving an opening in the middle of the healing area. Moleskin is a good thing to have on hand even if you're not a mole. The less friction to the area, the faster it will heal. A little antibiotic cream to the area might be useful to prevent infection. Rest if you can. If you can't, change the bandage frequently. An old saying goes, a 1,000 mile journey begins with the first step. In uncertain times, put your best foot forward. Alright guys, again, that is an article from doomandbloom.net. Put your best foot forward. Um, you might want to invest in some moleskin for your first aid kit. That was one, you know, when I did my little Altoys medical kit, that was something that some, you know, when I posted that article, that was something that someone in the comment section um, you know, said that, you know, it would be a good idea to have. And I, I did take that recommendation and put it in there. And from Boy Scouts, I remember that that was just something that we should always carry, right? And uh, so I did uh, go and purchase some and put those in in uh, my little Altoids uh, tin. I've never had to use it, but it's there if you do need it, right? Uh, and so uh, definitely some moleskin and good socks. I mean, you want to have some good socks when it comes down to it. And, you know, one of the things when I post like an ad uh, or like I link to uh, different items on Amazon, uh, you know, wool um, socks, you know, the ones that are, you know, they're, they're blended socks. 
uh, wool blended socks, you know, are very, very popular. And so you can get them at, at decent prices right now. And uh, so, you know, you might want to invest in some some good wool socks um, that would always do well, especially if you are, uh, you know, this is something that is in the back of your mind and you want to have, you know, different socks in your bug out bag. Right. Um, So that you can go ahead and switch them out, especially if you're going to be uh, hiking and you're going to be, you know, walking to a retreat area or, or you you know, that's part of your plans. Um, Not not to mention just the fact that socks, it's not something that you're going to be able to manufacture right away, right? Um, if the poop hit the fan, you're going to have to uh, have some decent socks. So it's always good to, to, to do that and to invest, it, invest in that. And then the, the shoes, having good shoes and hiking shoes like uh, Dr. Bones was talking about. And I know that maybe even going to a resale shop and, uh, you know, if you hit different resale sh- uh, shops and then, you know, looking for hiking boots or boots that are in your size um, or in your family member size might be something that uh, that is good to do. And that way you have some extra pairs in case, uh, you know, the poop hits the fan. So anyway, guys, take care of your feet. Medical preparedness is very, very important. It's not just about the bug out bags and the food and uh, the water and all of that. You definitely want to take care of our bodies. That's why we do everything that we do. We want to make sure that our, our families are healthy as well. Well, everyone, that is it for another week of podcast episodes. I'm so glad that you have spent this time with me. Again, I hope you had a great uh, week with the holiday being right in the middle if you are listening to this uh, as we continue just to plug along. Hey, if you are finding value in the Prepper Website Podcast, I do appreciate it when uh, you leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or any other podcast network um, that really just helps to let other people know that uh, this is a worthwhile podcast to listen to. And, uh, you know, I love doing it and helping other people prepare uh, as part of what, uh, part of my mission that I feel I'm supposed to be doing in, in life. So uh, hopefully you feel that as well. You, you are getting some value from uh, the Prepper Website podcast. Hey, don't forget to uh, this weekend, if you are looking for more preparedness information, you know, articles and, and a bunch of great stuff, even, you know, we link to other podcasts from time to time and other videos, uh, come on over to PrepperWebsite.com. Uh, we always have a lot of great information there. Uh, we have archives of the Prepper Website podcast as well. You can always delve into and, uh, you know, we just have a, a lot of great things available if you're growing in your preparedness. And don't forget about the Facebook group. Love for you to come over there and join just a lot of great people over there. And you can feel confident that if you have ask a question, no one's going to make fun of you. No one's going to degrade you. Um, you know, they're going to come you know, from different perspectives. And and so, uh, you know, if that's something that you're wanting to do and make those uh, connections, then uh, we'd love for you to come over to the Facebook group. There are links in the show notes and over at theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And don't forget that if you are new to listening to this podcast and you are not subscribed, you can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and uh, that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. Hey, and don't forget to take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect uh, through social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, I'd love to connect with you. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.